Welcome to the Panthers Podcast. Okay, so I heard a rumor about you that you were like, yeah, that you were like hardcore into country music. Is that right? Well, yeah, you do. Depends who you've heard the rumour off, that's the, quick, that's the issue. But yeah, I do like my country music. You see, that's weird though, because like, you don't expect rugby players to like country music. I mean, I don't know what typical sort of soundtrack for a rugby player is, but like, but you're, you like go to concerts and everything, don't yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, I've been to a country, country concert. I've been watching Miranda Lambert. I could have been watching Carrie Underwood, but I had a game that week. My fixtures got changed, so... Unfortunately, couldn't see that one. I've seen Brett Eldridge. I like Brett Eldridge. Yeah, yeah. It's my wedding song. Oh, one of them, yeah. One of which them. one did you have? Uh, I want to be that song. Oh, that's yeah, good. Bit, bit like mellowy, nice tune. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, he's good. good. Do you like the Shires? They're okay. The Shires are okay. Yeah, bit too poppy. Miss, my missus don't like the Shires, but I don't mind them. Oh dear, yeah. contention. I don't mind them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Luke Holmes, I like Luke Holmes. Well, that's good. So yeah. I, now that COVID's lifted, are you going to be going to any of the concerts? We'd have to get, we'd have to obviously see what there is, you know. Don't know what's going on with all COVID, but I would like to go and see one. Yeah, that would be good. Be a bit more back to normality. So like top top three country artists, like who's in your list? I'm not the, I, I won't have to say that opinion, but in my list, I'd say, just because I've seen them live, I'd, I'd say Flora Georgia line. I've not seen Luke Holmes, but I want to see Luke Holmes, but I just like how raw he is and his music and how just back to strip back, right back, and it, you can hit, know what he's saying in his music. And uh, Brett Eldridge. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the yeah. Brett Eldridge one. Yeah, he's good, he's good. So, like, um, now we know that you like your country music, like, what about movies? You know, do you, uh, what kind of movies do you like? <laughs> well, again, it's not a typical rugby player, but I'm not into my horrors. And I have to make a big confession that I'm into my rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, I do like a rom-com. Like, a musical every now and again. One of, one of my favourite films is called Rock of the Ages, if you've ever heard of it. It's on the... Prime Video, if you've if you've got a spare two hours, Netflix. So, it was on Netflix, but I don't think it's on anymore. So I've got something to confess. I don't think I've ever seen a musical before in my life. Oh, it's not lived. Not lived. <laughs> yeah, not lived. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I have never seen Grease. I've never seen... I've not seen Grease. My missus played in Grease once in a school play. Oh, get out of here, seriously. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, I've not seen Grease, but... I used to go and watch pantomimes when I was a lot, really young. Aladdin and all that jazz at Blackpool and Southport. Yeah. You ever like wanted to perform? Um, see, it's, it's very early on, very early on in the podcast, and I don't want to confess too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll keep some secrets to myself. Oh come on! <laughs> I did, uh, you know, a high school musical. Yeah. yeah when I was in year nine. I'm I'm not bothered what you think about this, but I, I was in I was in the play at school and I was the coach. I was Trump's yeah. dad. 
Hey man, this is no judging. Yeah. This is a safe space. The it's best fine. coach ever, may, may I ask? Wow. Amazing American accent. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, you know what I'm going to ask you now? A sample. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I've not warmed up my cards for that yet. The Halifax up. Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. So like, I don't know, like, would is but seriously though, is that something you might have actually considered doing though? Oh no. No? No. no. I was always rugby. Yeah? Like, ever since a young age, I was just always, I want to play rugby. So, so talk to me about your uncle, because he was really influential for you to get into rugby. So, do you want to just tell everyone who your uncle was? What was Uh, his name? He's called Neil. He's my mother's brother. And, yeah, like, when I was younger, my, he played for the amateur club I played for, and then... When my older brother was born, he then played for that through influence of him, I think. And then then I obviously went watching and then I ended up going from the age of five. And then from the age of eight, he started coaching me. He was my, him and his mate, Paul Heaton, he started, that were my coaches at my amateur club. And yeah, it was, that was, he used to take me to training and stuff. And yeah, it was like, uncle time you know it was good we used to go like, after every Saturday after training go to the BP garage near my house and get like a, a prawn sandwich I don't know why a prawn mayo <laughs> sandwich I don't, and a bottle of Oasis I, I don't even know the connection but yeah wow okay so prawn sandwiches and yeah. an Oasis what what flavour Oasis were you getting? Oh, the OG one the summer fruits is it yeah <laughs> the summer fruits one so he's the one that kind of, well, if it, if it wasn't for him, do you think you'd have ended up uh, in rugby? I do. My dad, he he's, he calls himself an adopted Wiganer because he's originally from Liverpool. He watched Liverpool, had a season ticket, so he was mad football until he met my mum because my late granddad, my mum's mum, I've never met him, but he went to Wembley. You know, when Wigan did the eight years at Wembley, in the 80s, he went to every single year, he even watched them get beat by Sheffield Eagles. All oh, right, yeah. Uh, so, so he'd always go to Wembley. My dad, when he was seen in the early stages of my mum, would go with him. So, yeah, that kind of sparked his love up for rugby league. So, he started then to obviously watch it and get into it, and then my brother getting into it. And then, yeah, because I was big for my age, yeah, I started to come along because I started. When I was five, I played against seven-year-olds, so... Yeah. Wow, gosh. I was a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, how tall are you now? Oh, I'm only 6'2", but, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm only 5'7", yeah. so, like, everyone's big to me. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, thank my mum for, the, for, for my height. Oh, how tall is your mum? Oh, she's 5'9". So right, so she's tall yeah, for a lady. for a lady, yeah. Gosh. So, it sounds like... Okay, so you got... Dad, your yeah. brother, your uncle. So it sounds like you've got these really strong male role models in your yeah. life. Yeah. And um, then we also come to another role model in your life as well, which of course is Holly, your yeah. wife. My wife, yeah. And you've, you, um, it's really interesting because whenever we've spoken, you always refer to Holly as someone you, who's not only your wife, but you look up to her. Yeah, I just admire her, her attitude. Like, if she ever listens to this, she's going to be, you know, loving and lapping it all up. But 
yeah, just her attitude to everything. It's she taught me a lot in terms of how things work and that you have to really look after yourself because in some circumstances, not not like the the only person is is yourself. So in, as long as number one's all right and then everything else can fall into place and you got on she really taught me on taking priorities and yes yeah, I could go on all day about yeah just she, yeah she just really she's a, I do look up to her and I'm, I'm proud to obviously say that she's my wife because yeah, I can't believe she's she's getting this out of me. <laughs> she's not even here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, mean, I wish everyone could see this right now. Yeah. I know it's audio only, but Dan is just smiling. I need to stop. I'm getting a lump in my throat, you know, uh, getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it was also interesting because you said that uh, Holly's also kind of taught you about how to, I guess, for, for want of a better phrase, how to conduct yourself, yeah. uh, especially in uh, the, the spotlight, as much yeah, as as much obviously as Obviously, as much as you go with the spotlight, I don't, I'm not that type of guy to, I am the man, you know what I mean? But she, as I was growing up, and obviously I was with her, I got together at 17, I'd done a year under 19s at Warrington, and like when you get to 18 and that you start going out with the lads and you have a good win and then you go out and obviously enjoy that win and celebrate it she's nothing up with that and yeah it was just she'd obviously think tell me tell me to think about my actions and yeah you can have fun but remember like one thing that you might do you're not even mean to could jeopardize everything so yeah, that was all. And my mum was always she's she's a former policewoman, so oh. she's always in the back of your head. Keep the wits about you. If there's any trouble, just stay out of it and don't be that person to put yourself in that situation. So yeah, it's being a less had obviously lessons from her and my mum to yeah just keep my wits about me and always be sure and have a good presentation of yourself because you don't know who's watching and you don't know who's listening like I know I'm playing for Halifax and I could be out in Halifax with the lads in months and yeah an Halifax fan could come across us and see us and they might think oh they're a good set of lads they're just sitting having a drink having fun like they might recognise us and stuff in Halifax and yeah you never know so it's just about that really I mean, how, how old were you when Holly was kind of giving you this advice? Hmm. I'd honestly say 19. So that's young. Yeah, because um, that's 17, 18. It was, yeah, I'd 18 started going out and then 19, because at 19, it, it was kind of a turning point because... The system changed when I came through the academy. It was in 18s and the 20s, but from 16, it was straight up to 19s. So I, in my position anyway, you're always told you're a late developer, being a prop forward. Like, it's very rare you get, I know there's more now, probably from this system, but I was the first back, shall we say, from the system that you, you 
can jump from be, being 16 and you're playing against 19 year olds that could potentially uh, be a first team squad player be a full time player like you're playing against lads that could have played Super League like the early days Ben Curry he went played Super League Kane played for us when he weren't playing Super League and then he'd swap and change so that was the kind of level at 16 being a prop forward that I'd been exposed to so it was at 19 that was a general progression and at 19 I, I didn't get offered the full time deal so it was kind of a, a a bit of a right what do I need to do now type of thing and Holly really helped me in that Wow so when did you start at Salford? Where I signed at 20 Right so it's kind of like you've You've gone from this kind of new system. Yeah. You've you've entered into like a new stage of your career, and then you go to the Super League. Yeah. And you you're really young. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't feel it at the time, to be honest. You don't. Yeah, you don't feel young because it's a kind of you have to grow up quick in that environment, and you have to really know what to do, and obviously you learn it through ex- lads that have help you and like the experienced boys give you advice a lot of advice and yeah it's just about asking the question if you're right if you're wrong someone will tell you so yeah that's so talk to me a bit more about like the mental aspect of what it takes to be in like a super league team Mm. And, you know, you, you're still young. You're, uh, you've got good grounding from what it sounds like with your mum and Holly yeah. and I'm sure your dad and your uncle. Yeah. But, like, I'm surely nobody really prepares you for what it's really like, though. No, unless you've been in it. Like, no one really prepares you for the environment and no one really prepares for the mentality that it obviously entails and the things that go on. And, yeah, it's... At 20, you're kind of naive to it and you don't really know what happens of the process because from 16 to 19, I play every single week. And sometimes I have a bad game, sometimes I have a really good game, but on them bad games, you kind of know it's okay, I'm playing next week again. But obviously Super League, if you have an off game, you're out, you know, especially when you're young, like you if you're established and you've you've got games under your belt, you, you're kind of given a bit of a chance in terms of, I know you, you're a quality player, and you might have had a one-off, I'll give you another chance. But when you're younger, you, you, you're not established and you're not, you haven't proven yourself. So that's kind of a, you're under the microscope a little bit more. So Do you think that's like a good thing though? Or do you think it's like character building? It's both, there's, Pros and cons to everything, I think, because at the end of the day, the head coach has got to do a job. He's got pressures from people above him. Mm. He's got pressures from the fans, everyone at the terraces. If he gives some 20-year-old lad loads of time and he's not doing so great, he's going to get some backlash of everyone. So it's all that that you have to weigh up. And it's just about knowing that, obviously, it might be limited time, or any opportunity that you got, take it. Like I got, I always spoke with Ian Watson when I was at Salford about opportunity, and he said to me, "You're only gonna get better with game time." 
and to this day I still hold that if I'm being perfectly honest with you he because it is true you the game real time experience is so vital and I think yeah we're, I got opportunities very early on like when I was in from 19 to 20 at Warrington I got an opportunity to play at Rochdale they was in League One and that was the first time I'd played like in a way professional league rugby and yeah I really enjoyed it I had some I learned some real valuable lessons in that in that time I think I played five games it's when I didn't have a game for reserves and then when I played for Salford I know some Halifax fans might not want to hear this but I played for Bradford for in my first season at Salford in for six weeks like before Easter then again I learned some valuable lessons. Have you ever had a game or has there ever been a game for you where the butterflies in your stomach really were like yeah. just getting to you like and the adrenaline was pumping yeah. and you, did you ever feel like you were going to be sick you know? Uh, I won't go as far as sick but there was two games I'd say that really sp- spike I'd say the, my very first whole derby that was just at Craven Park. That was just something else. Twenty nineteen. That was my second game for the club. I actually got knocked out that day, that game. Oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was late in the game, so I, I I was happy with my performance anyway. But yeah, when you walk out and it was a fully stacked stadium, mm. and they had like all the fireworks and the flames as you're walking through, and you just stood there lining up with your mascot, and it's like. Let's go. I was so glad I was starting that day because yeah. if I was on the bench, you kind of have to calm down and then get up again. Otherwise, you'll be you'll you'll be quite tired from all the energy that you've you've burned through just sitting on the bench with adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of adrenaline, do you ever get that adrenaline rush when you are cutting someone else's hair? Because <laughs> the other thing as well. Maybe the cut throat. I don't know if they annoyed me or something. I mean, it throat. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that um, uh, that we found out about you is that you're a self-taught barber. Is that yeah. right? You're knife self-taught. Knife and fork barber, yeah. Knife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knife and fork barber. How did you How did you learn that? Well, it was, again, from Salford, uh, I got friendly with my one of my teammates, Adam Wall. He's at Barrow now, and yeah, he was he learned and he did it on the side, and he was cutting my hair. We'd go around to I'd go around to his house and have a coffee and that, and he cut my hair. And it was it was good to have that bit of a setting and that bit of a relationship with him. And he just said, I asked him, "Is it hard to pick it up?" And he went, "Mate." Not really, it's, it's just routine and process. So he gave me my first set of clippers and I bought some scissors and that and combs. And yeah, and my, my mates who were very trusting volunteered. Well, I mean, it sounds to me <laughs> like uh, even after rugby, uh, you've got a few career paths. You've got the barber, the, uh, an the musical, uh, an actor, <laughs> or in like musical theatre. Or country music star. Yeah, uh, yeah. country music star, yeah. Okay. I'll be the one with the triangle. Yeah. 
<laughs> Do they have triangles in country music? Really I don't know. even know. There's a market for it. I'll uh, I'll I'll fill it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, I mean. Do you ever think about life after rugby, like what you might yeah, be doing? Yeah. Now I'm having, I'm, I'm expecting twins in October. I'm, it's just ramped it up even more, like to the point where I'll get a little bit worried, like obviously to provide for them. So I've just finished, I started a course, a uni course in 2019, and I just finished, no, last year, 2020. I just finished the first year of that, so I'm at, I'm at uni, open uni, it's all online, so it fits hmm. perfect for me. Just do it in the day and stuff, and I've, I'm PT qualified as well, so... All right. Yeah, I did that when I was at Salford, so... So, uh, what do you reckon you might go into then? Uh, from very early back, I, I did always want to be a PE teacher, or uh, in a school setting, I did... When I finished college, I did a year at Edge Hill University doing PE school sport, and I had to give up that because I got a deal at Salford, and it didn't really work out for me to do it both at the same time, which was a bit disappointing. But yeah, I'm always thinking of obviously life after rugby. So. You don't seem like you'd be a strict teacher to me. I think you'd be the cool one. Mm, yeah, I've always thought I'd be. There's always there's always a line I think there's like yeah I'll be your mate and I'll speak to you and I'll as long as you're doing the work but if you're taking a nick then there's a line and obviously that comes with building a relationship with future classes I may have if I go into that into that but yeah because that an influence of me being in school I always got they always got the teachers who I had the best relationships with and like spoke to like normal. Like you have these teachers you're scared to speak of, but some of you just, you can just have a chat with them. They seem to get the best out of you. That was in my personal experience anyway. I guess the same as with coaches as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, coaches as well. Like if you talk to us like a human being, they'll talk to you like a human being and it's reciprocated, so... I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you about Coach Simon Griggs, but... Well, you uh, can do if you want. Um, I, I speak highly of Simon, to be honest, so... Yeah, whatever questions you've got of him, I'll fire away. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, is he... Is he strict? Again, there's a line. I think he's got the balance. Is he, like, firm but fair? Yeah. Yeah. Very, like... I like it, though, the way... Cause for example, yesterday at training, I spoke to him, asked him, because we had a weekend off, how, how was his weekend off? Just had general chit-chat. He was like, yeah, just had a chill, nice to switch off and with the family and kids. He asked me and it was just general. In 10 minutes, I went straight into a session. And yeah, he's, we had that. I always go to him for video and we have the serious bit and then we have the just normal general bit. So it, it, it's very... I think it's a rare skill to have to have that seamless relationship with somebody. I think Grixie is has got that nailed on. From being perfectly honest, what really strikes me about uh, Simon is that uh, I think he's just got like a real analytical mind. Mm. Like I remember once <clears throat> I just started 
with the Panthers and we uh, we were going to do some uh, interview filming. Went up to the offices and he was watching game film and he was studying it, you know, and, he, and this was like a Monday morning yeah, yeah. straight after a game. Straight after a game, yeah. After you'd won convincingly, yeah, yeah. he's just straight away onto it. And I and I just remember that always stood out to me because he could have been doing anything. He could have just been like, you know, chilling yeah. or just having a chat with the guys in the office and all that, but he was working yeah. hard. Yeah. And another thing that I remember was that he said, uh, you know, you don't have to do that, but it depends like how hard you want to win, how much you want to win. Yeah. And I guess he's probably instilled that into all of you guys, right? Yeah, like, he's real big on his stats. We had quality stats for every single action that you do. So, and I've been in teams where they use a software called Opta, which, you know, when you see the GPSs in Super League in the back of the tops, hmm. that just literally put the data of the number and it all comes up. Wow. Where Grixie doesn't have that, he has to do every single action. Wow. So that's how much effort he puts into it. And for instance, playing Sheffield on Sunday, he'll have watched the last six weeks of games, four times of Sheffield, probably including our game when we played them. So that's how people don't see that side. And for instance, if we're not playing so good and we're not, doing what obviously he wants us to do and it's because it is effective it goes down to the information that he's he's give us he's give us ample information we have video near enough every session of our review from previous and then preview on our opponents for that week and it's just he, he gives us them little nit bits of information that can be the difference to us winning that day Sounds very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard people in the stands refer to him as a genius, which is uh, pretty cool. You know, I kind of think about Bill Belichick from the Patriots, you know, <laughs> that kind of territory. Who knows? Who knows? You know, know. everyone starts from somewhere. Yeah. But I mean, you guys now, I think at the time of recording, are six wins on the trot. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, you know, talk about coach simon the style he has the way you guys are gelling as a team the work ethic like it's got to feel good man yeah it's it, it is it does feel good but again down to grixie he has a way of motivating especially me if i'm perfectly honest oh really of comparing that us to us if that makes sense what do you mean like comparing he you? doesn't really think about oh that your opposite numbers better than you he compares I'm gonna be better than myself if that makes sense wow that's like some zen kind of yeah, thinking yeah so then. yeah cause it for instance when we played Whitehaven he weren't really happy with our performance just cause of that he knows what heights we can get to he knows what quality that we can get to when we got when we played Swinton we beat him by 30 he wanted us to beat us beat him by 60 like it's that mentality because yeah. he knows what we can do and before the season we set out goals of what we want to do and he's holding us to them goals it's that accountability so to ourselves so yeah it's I mean accountability sounds very much like a theme in your life as well yeah doesn't it because like yeah. 
you strike me as somebody who's very accountable to yourself first. You're accountable to your parents' standards, like particularly your mum as a police officer. Yeah, yeah. And you got Holly and her standards of what how you should conduct yourself and yeah. all that. And then the coach and then your teammates. So accountability seems to be like a really kind of big theme for you, right? It's everything really. You've got to own everything that you do, good or bad. And yeah, you just, for instance, if I make a mistake in the game and it ends up just like a try or a, a penalty, like I'm first one to bang, bang, bang my hand up and say, sorry lads, that was me. That was on me, and yeah, accountability in rugby league. It, it's, I'd say it's a bit of a, a sore subject. Like not many lads really want to put their hands up and say it's me because they're kind of scared of what the team would say to them. But again, I've learned it through. From being in a, obviously when I made my debut, it's just to own it you learn from it you know what I mean at the end of the day you learn from it and get better for it so yeah